Chapter 2 of the book of Exodus begins with the verse, Vayelech ish mi beit levi, vayikach et bat levi, vatar ho'isho vateled bein, vatero to kitovu, vatitzbeneu shrosha yirachim. A certain man of the house of Levi went and took, married, that is to say, a woman from the tribe of Levi, bat levi. And the woman conceived and bore a child, when she saw the child was good, she hid him for three months. So the first verses talk, first talk about a man and a woman and a child. The man is the father of the child. He's not mentioned by name. He's an ish. He's a person. But later on, chapter 6, the Torah tells us his name. His name is Amram. The, the, the daughter of Levi, the woman, the wife, has no name. But later in chapter 6, we know her name. We're told her name. Her name is Yocheved. And the child who was born is not given a name yet in this chapter. We know his name later in the chapter. His name is Moshe, the central character of the book of Exodus and the central character of the remaining books of the Torah. Now the story continues that the uh, mother hides the child and in verse number four, his sister stood from afar to know what would happen to him. The sister here, again, is not named. But later we know that Moshe has a sister. Her name is Miriam. Miriam is Moses' sister. And presumably, we're talking about the same person. So it's curious that the first three verses, four verses in fact, talk about a man, a woman, a child, and a second child, a boy and a girl, man and a woman, brother and sister, but no names are given. And in particular striking, because how did the book of Exodus begin? The book of Exodus begins with, Now these are the names. And the Torah begins in chapter 1 by listing the names. They came together with Jacob. Each one with his household came. Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zavulun, Binyamin, Don, Naphtali, God, Yosher. There are children with names. They came with a house and they came with a name. And in addition, Joseph was in Egypt. So we know the names. And uh, now in chapter 2, there are no names. There's the absence of the name. And the question is what to make of the missing names. That is to say, in a text, sometimes things are, many things are not there, but they're not missing. They're just not there. Something's not there if we have the expectation that, in fact, it should be there. In the book of names, we expect the names to be there. They're there later, but they're not here now. How do we account for the missing names? And before I try to account for the missing names, if we read further in the chapter... The chapter talks about the woman who comes by and discovers the child by the side of the Nile. And that's Pharaoh's daughter. Vatera bat paro Pharaoh's daughter, again, not given a name, is walking by the side of the Ya'ar, the Nile. Together with her maidens walking along the side. And she sees, Vatera ta'teva, she sees the ark, the little box, 
she sends her slave to fetch it. She sees the child, and she has mercy upon the child. And when this happens, the Torah says, "Vatomer achotol elbat paro, ha'ilech v'karati loach yishami neket mino evriot v'tenik loach etayored." So the sister comes down and says to Pharaoh's daughter, "Should I call a uh, nursing woman to nurse the child for you?" And the Pharaoh's daughter says, "Lechi, go." In verse numbers, in verse number uh, eight, "Vatelach alma." So the uh, young woman went, and she called the mother of the child. So this child is brought back to his mother. And Pharaoh's daughter even says, take the child, I, I even pay, I'll pay for it as well. The boy grows up, and she brought him to, the mother brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. He was her son. Moshe, and she named him Moshe. Fatomer, she said, I have drawn him from the water. So it's curious. There were many opportunities in this story to name the child. He could have been named upon birth. He could have been named by Pharaoh's daughter when he's taken out of the uh, Nile. He could have been named by the mother when he's brought back to his natural mother. But no, he's only named at the end in verse number 10. And the very name itself reflects the, um, reflects the fact that he, was, um, that he was drawn from the water, which of course appeared earlier. So the Torah has emphasized very much the lack of the name. It has also emphasized something else about this child, that in, in effect he has two mothers. He has the natural mother, who gives birth to him and who nurses him. The nursing being not simply a biological act, but presumably the inculcation of values. It's similarly uh, found uh, in the book of Samuel, in the birth of Samuel the prophet, character very much related to the character of Moshe uh, in the telling of the story. And there too, the mother insists on nursing the child before she gives him away. So here too we have the nursing. And on the other side, Pharaoh's daughter uh, takes him out of the water and she names him. The naming is an act of parenthood. This is someone who has, one might say, two mothers. He has the natural mother, the one who nurses, and he has the identity of the son of Pharaoh's daughter who names him. In point of fact, actually, in the story, I would say he has not two mothers, but he has three mothers. Because in the story, the sister, we are told... <coughs> stands from a distance, Merachok, stands far away, to see, to know, what would happen to him. The story of this woman who stands Merachok to see what would happen to him is reminiscent of a story that appears in the book of Breshit in Genesis, the story of Yishmael, sent out by his father together into the desert, together with his mother, Hagar, who gets lost in the desert, runs out of water, and casts him under the, under the brush. And then she stands far away. Harcheik, she stands away, a bow shot away. For she says, I don't want to see my son die. But she, in a certain sense, abandons him, stands from a distance. In this case, we have a similar but opposite story. We have the woman 
who stands from a distance, but not because she despairs. But to know, to understand what will be done to him, and in the story, to understand what she can do to make sure this child both survives and is brought back to his natural mother. So, the lack of name over here, actually, suggests a lack of identity. And this is the child who is saved, and he could be a Jew. He could be primarily Jewish in the sense his mother is uh, a natural mother. On the other hand, he could be part of the family of Pharaoh's daughter, who is a noble person in the story, but she's not a Jew in the story. And what's interesting is that this lack of identity, uh, the Torah tells us that a choice is made by Moshe. In verse number 11, Moshe grows up, he went out to his brethren, he saw their suffering. So he saw the Egyptian beating the Hebrew, one of his brethren. So the Torah says that Moshe understands that the Hebrews, the ones being oppressed, not the oppressors, but the ones being oppressed are his brethren. And there are two ways to understand this. One is that Moshe is a person who is free to make a choice. He has two mothers. He chooses to side with the oppressed. That's one way to read it. When you first read the verse, he went out to his brethren. You don't know who the brethren are. But you soon discover the brethren are the ones who are being beaten rather than the ones who are doing the beating. That's one way to understand it. It's actually a free choice that he makes. But there is another way to understand it. He went out to his brethren, to Echav. It's true that he has a mother who's Pharaoh's daughter, and he has a mother who is the Levite, the Bat Levi. But there's a third person in the story, and that is the sister, Achoto. And the sister is the one that tips the balance. It's the caring of Achoto, the caring of the sister, that defines Moshe, or certainly helps define Moshe, as, as, a, as, as an Ivri, as a Jew, who goes out to, to Echav. So these are two very different ways to read the story and to understand how Moshe comes to make the choice to be the Ivri and to side with those who are oppressed and ultimately Moshe, the one who will draw us out. He's the one who himself was drawn from the water and the one who's drawn from the water perhaps more than anyone else has the obligation to draw others out of their misery, out of their suffering.